0: You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build confidence, increase your communication skills, and bring it all together with some practical business strategies. In this episode number 43, we're talking about how I dominate TV and podcast slash radio interviews. This happened, This the reason I want to talk about this was because I was recently listening to an old podcast of mine that I did an interview that I did on someone else's podcast and I was just struck by how bad I was and of course like there's people listening like that podcast episode alone has got just done so much as far as recognition deals just a lot a lot of really great stuff has happened because of that podcast I'm not going to name it but I was listening to it and I thought wow I could have done so much better, and this was at a time where I could have done so much better. So I started analyzing. Okay, why? Why do I think it was so bad? And what differences would I make in the future? And I decided, you know, let's just talk about this. And so I have some very solid reasons. Three. I might go into more if if I get a little bit sidetracked. But uh, three really solid reasons on how to really dominate an interview. And. I'm not going to get into actually getting the interview. That's another subject for a different time. But the reason why doing well on interviews is because for many people that you get a snippet, especially TV. Like I've been on TV um, interviews and I think I had maybe five minutes was my longest one. Not even that. I don't think they're very short, especially with TV is very short. If you're doing a podcast or radio I mean, I've done hour-long podcasts and radio interviews. Um, that's not uncommon. So with TV, you have a very short amount of time, and for most people, right, they, that's their only exposure to you. Is they have, is they see you for a minute or two, sometimes shorter, and then they form an opinion about you. And if you are not amazing during those thirty seconds, they're not going to do what you ask them to do, go learn more about you, whatever call to action you have for them. With podcast and with podcast um, and radio you usually have a lot longer depending on what you're doing. Like I said, I've done hour long podcast episodes and hour long radio. Um, interviews when it comes to dominating the interview there's no matter what medium it is the most important thing if you just take one thing if you just stop listening after this one thing you'll be okay i mean obviously i want you to listen to the end because i have a lot of other cool stuff that i'm going to talk about but the most important thing for you to understand is answering their questions now this seems like a no duh statement right well why do so many people get this wrong? And this is the main thing I took off from my interview um, that I did. I talked about how bad it was, how I think it was very awful. As I was listening to it, I realized I wasn't answering his questions. I was taking the opportunity with every question to sell myself and to sell what I was creating, to sell my products and my services and I was mortified listening to this, is that I turned every question, almost every question, into a sales pitch. And I couldn't believe what I was listening to coming out of my mouth. Just awful, awfulness. And so the first thing to do is that ideally you'll get a list of questions they'll ask you beforehand. Usually this is the case. And and I'm and again, I'm ashamed to say in this interview, I had exactly the questions I was going to be asked. Exactly. I wrote out my responses, I outlined my responses, and I still went off track. I was also very I was nervous. This was I hadn't done a whole lot of interviews beforehand, but that's not an excuse. So I had the answers and I still just yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna delve too much into how cringy, how cringy it was for me to listen to myself. No, though most of the time, I'm just, I, it's a cringe fest every time I listen to myself, this podcast, my talks. I always find something wrong with it. But to get back on track, when answering the question, the best thing you could possibly do for yourself and for the interviewer, for the listener, is to answer as succinctly as possible. Shortening your answer to as small as possible. Don't go off on any tangents. No one is interested in that. When you're super famous and everyone just loves you, no matter what you say, yeah, you can go off on a tangent and no one cares. But when nobody knows you, when people are tuning into the podcast, not to listen to you, but to listen to the podcast or the radio show or the TV or the TV show, they don't know who you are. They don't care who you are. You have to make them care by being awesome. And one part of being awesome is answering the question and boom, have your points. And this is something I recommend for inter- for actual interviewing in person, like for a job, is having your three main points. having your sp- Having a tiny 30 second speech, having an introduction which maybe lasts a few words, having a main point which is maybe a sentence or two, having a second main point, third main point, same thing, and then concluding. Again, within like a maximum of one sentence, but ideally just a few words. That's not easy to do, and I'd recommend practicing. And this is something I, I literally do is I'll practice questions that I want to be asked just for fun. I'll be, you know, I'll be walking around, and I'll think, oh, what if I'm asked this question? How would I respond? And that's developing those habits of getting something in as short time as possible and conveying as much information as possible in the shortest amount of time. And answer their question fully. They ask a question, you answer it. Boom, done. You are not in control of this interview. The interviewer is. And it's just a thing. It's just respect. Like it's just a matter of respect to the interviewer and to the listener to not try to wrestle control of the interview. That's not your place. When you have your own podcast and you're interviewing people, yeah, you can have control. You can cut someone off and go, okay, what about this? That's when you have control. When you're the interviewee, you have no control over it. Your job is to respond to the interviewer. And I got a little bit heated right there. I realized, like, I was just going, I was just ranting because it's just something I see all the time, and from people, mind you, people who are very successful. I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, that interview a lot of very successful entrepreneurs. Most of them can't answer a simple question without going off on tangents, without talking about themselves, without talking about their product. It's ridiculous, and I mean, I'm not I'm not saying just other people. I literally am talking about me doing the same thing. Not to, I mean, it was it was a few years ago, uh, a couple years ago, I think. I don't know. I don't remember the exact time. But I have I have learned a lot since then. So yeah, so ideally, you get the questions beforehand. If you don't have questions beforehand, prepare some questions that you think they'll ask you. Just be prepared. And at the very least, just be ready to answer a question because that's what it is. An interview is someone asking you a question and you answering. It sounds very, you know, just like a duh moment. But when you're in the spotlight, with the light shining on you, when the person, right, when you're on air, when you're live, it's just, everything just seems to fly out the window. And that's why developing these habits are really important. Okay, that was the most important thing. Some other things. TV, um, it's important to dress your part. I know, again, this sounds like a no does statement. But this is something that just sometimes you just forget about. Is I recently, the best, the best interview, the best, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily an interview. It was a panel. Um I, I thought I was on it was actually discussing 13 reasons why because this was part of my mental health project that I started. I was on a panel for a college. they were streaming it live. it wasn't were they streaming I don't know it was on I think it was mainly just on YouTube and like Facebook. they were streaming live and they ended up recording snippets and and it was it was a whole little media thing. That was by far the best um media presence that I've ever done in my life. And my friends, I had some friends that attended because I told them it was in the area. I'm like, hey, you want to come to this thing? I'm talking about this thing that you're interested in. You know, I sold I sold some friends on there. So I would have some supporters. All of them, and especially some of my really good friends came up to me. was like, hey, I was not expecting you to be that good. Like that was like, I could not believe how good you were on stage. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> I surprised even myself. But it's about... Forming the habits of being on stage, of the habits of being a public speaker, and then just applying them in a different way. And the thing that I did with that and the reason why, um, to be honest, like just to be completely honest, not like boosting ego or anything like that, breaking down why I did so well on that and not so well on this podcast is when I was on that stage, I was the expert there. There was like there was a professor in something else. But when it came to the subject matter, what people were asking, I knew the most out of everyone else in that room. And that knowledge just gives you an or an automatically gives you the aura of authority, whether you are trying to or not the way your body language, the way you speak, you hold the conversation. Everybody is listening to you, most of all. Because they realize within a very short time that you know more than other people. And that's just a matter of experience and learning. If I was in an, if, I, if I've been on panels where I don't know more than other people about the subject matter, I've been on panels with people who have written best selling books about um, psychology. And I'll talk less because. I don't. I'm not the resident expert. I want the resident expert to be the person who's going to talk the most, but I'll chime in and give my two cents when it's appropriate. So that's why, and that's why um, it's important to have that mindset of being an expert. And and again, I think I talked about this in a previous episode. Honestly, they all kind of blend together. I'm definitely going to talk about it in, in future episodes and I'm creating products around being an expert. Um, it's coming up in my course. I have an ebook I'm writing about it, you know, all this different stuff because it's something that I've come to find it applies to everything is going into the interview. And this is my second tip. Okay, just to keep things very clear. My second tip is go into the interview with a mindset of I am the expert in this and have that in your mind. Focus on it. I am the expert in this. Boom, I own this. I know more than the person asking me. I know anybody else. If there's other people here on the TV show, whatever, whatever the situation is, I am the expert in this. Boom, done. I own the stage. I own the interview. And not necessarily right. I was talking about controlling. You don't control it, but you own it. I don't know if it's very clear the difference between those two words. In my mind, it is. Um, in a sense, you just dominate it. Like you, someone asks you a question, boom, you answer. Everyone goes, "Whoa, that was good." Like that's what I'm talking about, owning it. And of course, being respectful to the interviewer, to the to the audience, because you're doing it for them. At the end of the day, they're doing they're doing a service to you by getting your name out and by you by giving you a platform to share information. But it's also remember, it's about you're doing this for the audience and for the interviewer as well. Oh boy. I mean, I've already talked so much about this, honestly. I I have a feeling I need to do separate that I... Oh, you know what might be interesting? Let me know if you want this. Um, You can call into my podcast at uh, anchor.fm on the Anchor app. You can call into my podcast. Let me know if you want this. You can email me at luke at Um, can. I think you can... No, you can't leave... No, I didn't enable comments just because of stupid web design. I need to change that. Anyway, that's just another thing on my task list. Okay, and my final tip for you because I do not want this to be going on forever. My final tip is to pick three to five main key value bombs that you can drop. And these are things that you think that most of the audience will not know, the interviewer probably won't know, something that maybe you developed, that you found just some nuggets, something that will cement your authority, that will give immense value to the audience. And that will motivate them to follow your call to action at the end. And that's the thing is that the last value bomb should go along with a call to action. Like that is the best way to convince somebody to follow your call to action, to take action, to go to your website, to download your free offer. There's a lot and there's a lot of strategy that comes in. And you know what? I am going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about how to convert um, an audience after an interview. Um, I'll put that in my notes. I'll do that later. Definitely not next time because I don't want to be speaking about the same thing so many times in a row, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely be uh, making a podcast about that in the future, but have some concrete value bombs there um, that you can interject. So you can say, let's say like for me, okay, for me, I'm going to talk, let's say I'm in an interview with another public speaker. There's a public speaking podcast and they're interviewing me. And this person says, and then I have prepared. I was like, okay, here's one thing. Was like one mistake. Here's one mistake that most public speakers make: is is their introduction taking too long? And it not and not following the specific format. Boom, value bomb. There we go. Quick, easy. You know, a huge mistake that most public speakers make. Done. Okay, I'm gonna do another one. A myth about public speakers. Most public speakers are, are extroverted. Myth. I am one of the most introverted people you will ever see. And yet I've spoken across the country to tens of thousands of people. Right? You know? And, and whenever I say that I'm introverted, I've, I've said it multiple times on the podcast before, but and whenever I say I'm introverted, people go, yeah, right. And I go, no. Think about it. How many parties do you see me at? Like per year? The question. The answer is probably one or two. Like per year. I don't enjoy large crowds of people. When I'm up on stage, I give them my talk. I'm giving valuable information. That's why I love it because I'm helping people. I'm sharing my passion. When I'm at a party, I'm there just sitting there like, okay, I guess we'll talk. Um, and then, But when I get off stage, I literally have to recover for hours. I'm drained completely and utterly. Like most of the times I'll just take a nap. And that's why I don't like speaking at night because I'm so tired by the end of it. And I really don't perform as well when I speak at night rather than speaking in the morning. Whereas I perform so much better. I have so much energy, especially when the crowd is very energetic as well. I'll tell you, worst thing ever. Speaking at night to a non-energetic crowd, like one of the worst just ever. I've gotten way off topic. (laughs) Where did I even get to this? Oh my gosh. And see, this this is an example. And this is something that I'll listen to and and just like this is and this is something that's really important to realize is that like I do this all the time is I'll listen to my podcast episode I'll edit it I'll be editing it and I'll go wow that was something that okay you know maybe it was valuable but maybe I could fit it in another podcast episode and I'll go okay next time I'll maybe try something to prevent this from happening like there's just valuable lessons that you know that happen um just from examining my own life and my own whatever what I put out you have to constantly be improving nobody's perfect I'm not perfect you're not perfect let's stop pretending that we're perfect and stop acting like it so that has been <laughs> that has been my podcast so um just to sum it up to wrap it all up because reminding people is important that's another very important lesson about public speaking is that when you're on an interview first of all well first of all remember that you're there to help the audience if you have that mindset things will go a lot better but have an aura of authority give some concrete value bombs and answer questions as short as possible that has been the communicate with confidence podcast you can find show notes and more at luke slash podcast a lot of exciting stuff coming up in the near future but for now today remember to stay on the positive side of things